0: Hi and welcome to the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge with Senior Ministers John and Anne Giuliano. Have you ever wondered about how to better connect with God? Well, that's exactly what we're going to help you with in this week's show where you'll learn how to more fully love God, grow spiritually and help others. You may be seated. If you have your Bibles, would you open to Proverbs 24 verse... Three Proverbs 24 and verse 3. My message this morning is entitled, Building an Awesome House and Making It an Awesome Home. This is what it says in Proverbs 24 verse 3. Through wisdom a house is built, but by understanding it's established. By knowledge the rooms are filled with all Pleasant and precious riches. Wow, it's one thing to build a house. It's another thing to make a home. It was February 1999 that uh, Anne and I took possession of the home that God gave us. When uh, when we arrived here in uh, 1996, it seemed like an impossibility for us to own our own house. And uh, when we looked at the possibilities of getting a house, it was like it was so far removed that it was way, way, way out of our reach. And God basically just gave us a word. And the word was, John, And you concentrate on building my house and I'll build your house. And so Anne and I focused on building um, this house, and we spent the first, uh, uh, you know, few years just just focused, focused, focused on uh, building this house. And and within eighteen months of us arriving, we were able to dedicate this auditorium. How many of you remember that? That was August of nineteen ninety-seven, and um, and then the next month. In September of 97, we had a prophet that came to our church and he pointed to Ann and I, not knowing us. This is the first time that we met this guy. He said, stand up, John and Ann. Do you remember that, sweetheart? Stand up, John and Ann. And we stood up and he said, he said, God spoke to me and said, God's going to give you a house. We just finished building God's house. And this prophet came without knowing anything, without knowing it, He says, stand up, John and Ann, God's going to give you a house. And then he described this house. And he says, I see it's a house on a hill overlooking a valley of trees. It's a two-story house. and, And it's much bigger than you would have ever designed for yourself. But God's going to give it to you because you're going to be entertaining many people of influence that will come to this church. And it was just so clear. And we looked at each other and we thought, not in our wildest dreams. Could we even contemplate a house on the North Shore on a hill overlooking a valley of trees? But within within a few months of him saying that, that was he said that in September of 1997 and in February of 1999, less than two years later, we were, literally took possession of a two-storey house on a hill at Oxford Falls overlooking a valley of trees much bigger than we would have ever contemplated and it's just perfect for entertaining matter of fact after church today we're going to be entertaining our executive team in our home as we do and we've entertained so many people over the years and it was the house that God gave us but you know what the responsibility then was for us is to take this house that God gave us and make it a home and so, what a joy it is to go to Nepal and then come back home and feel that it's not just a house, but it's a home. And you know what? God not only wants to give us a house here at Life Source, He also wants to give us a house. A home and and so it 's wisdom that builds the house, but understanding that establishes it makes it a home and it's, and it 's with knowledge that the rooms are filled with pleasant and precious riches, and that 's what we want we just don 't want a, 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 an auditorium, a house we want a home where people are nurtured and so can I give you just three essential ingredients? in making a home. Can I share that with you? Three essential ingredients in making a home. And this not only applies for our spiritual home here, but also applies for your home. It's got two levels of significance, this message. Here for our church and at home for your home. So three essential ingredients that make a home. Essential ingredient number one, words of encouragement. Everybody say words of encouragement. I love this verse in Psalm 122 verse 1. It says, I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Psalm 122 verse 1. I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Why would people be glad when they say, let's go to the house of God? Let me tell you why. Because it actually builds up rather than tears down. You, you, you don't look forward to going somewhere if you're going to be torn down. You're not going to look, look forward to going to somewhere if you are going to be smashed to pieces. You only look forward to going to somewhere where you know you're going to be built up. And you know what? My dream for our home here is people leave better than the way they came. People Receive blessing like they never had before. Do you know when I walked into the auditorium this morning, someone came up to me and said, John, let me tell you a testimony. I said, tell me the testimony. He said, since I've been coming here, God has blessed my business. Blessed my business. And I can honestly say to you that right now, my business has grown tenfold. Oh, come on. If you're going to clap, that's a good, it's a good time to clap. Tenfold. And this has been my biggest month. See, see, there's this incredible belief that I have that when you love coming to the house of God, the blessing of God makes rich. There's something about it. And, and you know what? Why, why people love coming to the house of God? It's because they receive words of encouragement. Words of encouragement. Words have power to either build up or tear down. I want a place where people are built up. I want a home where people are built up. I want my home to be a place where there's encouragement. I want my wife to feel encouraged. I want my kids to feel encouraged. I want to create an environment where words that are spoken are words that build up. Can I share with you four things that we need to do well when we speak? Number one, four things we need to do well. We need to use words that encourage Words of encouragement are so powerful. How often do you open your mouth and encourage people? Come on. You know, it's it's just so easy to do. Just say something that will build somebody up. Everybody needs to hear that they're awesome. Everybody needs to hear something that encourages them. I just love that. You know... How many of you know that this morning we had all these beautiful singers on stage? We had all these incredible musicians playing. We've got amazing people that are hidden behind a desk at the back. We've got people on cameras. We've got hosts shaking hands and helping you at the cup. How many of you know all they need is just, you are doing a great job. That was awesome. I just love the way you did that. You know, we had Rachel MC. What a great job she did. How awesome is Rachel? I just, and and Adrian, you know what? Every single day, I just say how awesome it is that God has sent us, Pastor Adrian and Rachel, done well. Uh, They have done so well so far. Uh, How awesome is that? Words of encouragement. Here's another one. Compliments acknowledge something good. So encouragement and compliments are connected, but just don't give compliments that have got no foundation. It's an important thing that you compliment somebody and say something nice about them. Look for something nice to say. You want to be if you want to be popular, just look to compliment people. Look to say something nice. It's an amazing thing how attractive you become. And here's a hint for all of you single men out there. Or all you husbands out there, make sure that on a daily basis you compliment. Say something nice. If your wife gets a haircut, make sure you compliment her on the haircut. Let me tell you, you win so many brownie points. Here's another thing that we need to do well. That we often don't do well. We 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 you know, I think we get you know pretty good on encouragement and compliment but he's something that we really need to work on and that's apologizing. How to do a good apology. Matter of fact, a few weeks ago, a pastor and Adrian and I did a tag team on a family Sunday and what I spoke on was how to give a good apology and uh, we, we need, you know, and listen, if your apologies oh, if in any way I've hurt you, I'm really sorry, that is a pathetic apology. That does not That does not amount to an apology. If any way you have been offended by what I've said, I'm sorry. In other words, it's your fault for being offended and I'm sorry that you got offended. It's not taking responsibility for making the offense. See, a good apology takes responsibility. A good apology includes, do you know what? I'm so sorry about what happened that if I could go back in time and change what happened, I would do so. And if there's anything that I can do to make it better, I'm willing to do it. Whatever it costs, whatever it takes to turn this thing around, I'm willing to do it. That is the basis of a good apology. Okay. And you know what? It brings healing. Matter of fact, the person Who benefits the most is the one who makes the apology because you get to fix things. And how beautiful it is to fix things. And here's another thing that we need to do well is prophesy. Prophesy. Come on, be a prophetic people. People need for you to become prophetic. And what's all that about? That's about speaking into someone's life about having a great future. People need to look forward to a hope and a future. They need to look forward to there's something in their future that's going to be awesome. And if you've got little children, prophesy of your little children and say, You're going to become a mighty man of God. You're going to become a mighty woman of God. You're going to be a strong pillar in society. You are going to change this world. You are going to make a difference. Don't say to them, you're going to be an idiot. You're going to be totally useless in this world. What is that? That's devil, demonic prophecy. Godly prophecy is a prophecy that gives hope and a future. So what are you speaking into people's lives? Are you making them giants or are you just squashing them down? I want to prophesy into the people around me that they've got an incredible future. I want to prophesy to the people around me that God's going to make them giants, that God's going to make them pillars, that God's going to make them awesome. I look at, I look at young people like Maya on the front row. How many of you want me to prophesy over Maya? Ah. Huh? I've been prophesying over Maya since you were born. Matter of fact, when you were in your mother's womb, I was prophesying over you. And I prophesied over Maggie. Where are you, Mags? She's on the camera. I prophesied that you were going to have such a beautiful, beautiful baby. And look, that beautiful baby has become such a beautiful young lady with such a beautiful spirit. Gods anointed you to accomplish great things Maya. You've been when you were being formed in your mother's womb, God was putting amazing gifts into you. And here you are growing up into this dynamic young lady that I am so proud of being your pastor, seeing you serving in the house of God. I love the fact. Look at this, you're taking notes of my preaching. How about that? I love that. Four things we all need to do well when we speak. Number one, we need to speak encouragement. Number two, we need to give genuine compliments. Number three, we need to apologize well. Number four, we need to prophesy. I love that. Come on, give Maya. She's got the makings of of being an apostolic ministry. I'm telling you right now, apostolic. I love that. Prophesy into your life. Apostolic ministry. Number two, I talked about three essential ingredients in making a home. Words of encouragement. Come on. If you're not speaking words of encouragement, you're not fulfilling your potential in building a great home. Huh? Be at the top of your game. Make sure that when I'm finished this sermon, it doesn't become just notes in your book, but it becomes actions in your heart. Number two, Acts of service. Acts of service. Psalm 84 verse 10 says, I would rather be a doorkeeper. I'd rather serve at the door in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of riches of wickedness. he's, he's David already prophesying, I want to serve in God's house even if it's at the door, even if it's just doing the most menial of tasks, but to serve in the house of God is awesome. And then he goes on and he talks about three things that God gives to those who serve. So when we stop there, but in actual fact, it doesn't stop there because verse 11, let, let me read verse 10 and 11. It says, for a day in your courts is better than a thousand. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of of wickedness. Verse 11 says, For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Three things God gives those who serve in the house of God. Number one, protection. The Lord is a sun and shield to me. Number two, favor. Favor. The Lord will give grace and and glory. And number three, prosperity. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. You're serving God's house. God will give back to you with incredible protection and favor and prosperity. I'm telling you, Anne and I got it in our heart such a long time ago. If you build God's house, he'll build yours. If you're committed to God's house, he's committed to yours. If you serve God's house, he'll serve yours. There's this reciprocation that takes place. You've got to understand that to serve in God's house is just such an amazing thing. And and I'm telling you, the strength of a church is not found in how many people attend, but in how many people contribute. It's how many people serve. That's the strength of a house. And when I look at all the people that serve in this house, it makes me so proud. Uh, I I look you know when I was in Nepal I said to them okay guys talk to me about the percentage of people that come to your church and and how many of them serve in the house and they looked at me and said maybe five percent so I said what you're saying to me 95 percent of people just come to be served feed me give me it's all about me all about yep and I said wow that makes it very tiring for you I said in our church we have about a 1,000 people and we have 45% of our church who serve, about 450 people in our church who contribute and that's the strength of our church. That's why we're able to do what we're able to do. That's why we're able to feed so many people on on Thursdays. We have over 80 people that just serve in food care. That's why we're able to look at incredible ministry in children's ministry. We have over 100 people that serve in our kids' ministry. That's why we can do creative things because we've got about... 80 people that serve in the creative team. We've got that's the strength of our church. And then even even you know the the uh, those that are not necessarily in a particular ministry still contribute in their giving and in their finances. And that's what makes a church strong. It's an amazing thing. Acts of service. And the third thing that makes church strong. Can I just say just just let. Let, let me talk about acts of service in your home. How well do you serve? Men, how well do you serve your wife? Wives, how well do you serve your husband? Do you know what I found? I I found that one of the greatest joys in my life is to serve Anne. He said, but you're 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 the you're the head of the home. Yeah. And part of being the head of the home is to serve. One of the greatest joys for me is to serve this church. But you're the senior pastor of this church? Yeah. And the responsibility is for me to serve. Where do you get that? Well, Jesus gave the illustration. I did not come to be served, but to serve and give your life and give his life a ransom to many. You know what I've discovered? I've I've discovered this. Not everybody loves a master. But everybody loves a servant. You want to be loved? Be a servant. And I find this: the more I serve Anne, it gets reciprocated, the more she serves me. Not because I demand it, but because there's something within her heart that wants to reciprocate. That's that's creating an atmosphere of love. It's just so powerful. Now, you're gonna have immature kids. That's part of the process that, you know, you you have to serve them and you have to serve them. But what a joy it is when a child grows up and says, you know what, what can I do to help you, Dad? And all of a sudden, they get the revelation of service. And it's like, let me get over this heart attack. (laughs) Say what? What can I do to help you, Dad? Did you say what can you do to help me? Oh, thank you, Jesus. It's a breakthrough. It's a miracle. And all of a sudden, you become proud because they've gone into maturity now. They're not babies anymore because a baby is all about serve me, serve me, serve me. Maturity is how can I help? How can I contribute? You want to be a baby in this house? We'll we'll help you, but listen. If you've been in this house twenty years and we're still changing your nappy, now we are no longer joyous for you. We're pretty sad. Why is that? Because you don't want to be changing nappies on twenty year olds. You're happy to do it. Oh, did I tell you I'm having a granddaughter in a couple of weeks' time? <laughs> did I tell you? <laughs> so happy to do it. When you know, and I'm sure that I, I say, "Hey, sweetheart, here's our baby." I think there's a bit of a smell coming from certain parts of her anatomy, but we'll fix it, won't we? And and she'll say, of course we will. We're happy to serve. But, you know, if that baby is 20 years old and we're still doing that, there's something wrong and we're no longer, there's sadness because you want everyone to grow to a place of service. Service is so beautiful. Let me tell you the third thing in a home that makes it beautiful. Not only words of encouragement, not only acts of service, but meaningful gifts. Meaningful gifts. Meaningful gifts. Luke 6.38 says, give and it will be given to you. I love this, you, you give to God, he'll give back to you. But you know what? It doesn't stop there. You know, if It, it would have been enough if it was give to God, he'll give back to you. It would be, it would be enough. Don't you think it would be enough? If you give to God, he'll give back to you. But Luke 6.38 doesn't stop there. It says, but when he gives back to you, and you can come up, musicians. When he gives back to you, he gives back good measure, pressed down, shaken together, Running over. How many of you remember the Sunday school song? Running over, running over. My cup's full and running over. The Look at that. Steve Hall knows the song. Ah. My cup's full and running over. Don't you love that? Not the singing. The... <laughs> No, I love the singing as well. That's great. (laughs) I hope that you like it as well. Some of you are saying, John, stick to preaching, please. Okay. But the thing is this, that God, when he gives back, he actually uses the measure with which we give and just puts as much as He can into that measure. But it's still connected to the measure with which you give. So if you give God a thimble full, he takes it. And he says, Wow, thanks for the thimbleful. Now let me give it back to you. A thimbleful, pressed down, shaken together, good measure, running over. It's a thimbleful. So, what if you go to the next level and say, God, I'm going to give you a cupful? Wonderful. I love the cup. Let me give it back to you. Pressed down, shaken together, running over. A cupful. So, you saying, Wow, I got it back, a, a cupful. Let me try a bucket full. You want to try bucketful? Well, he give it back to you. Press down, shaking together, running over. You say, Wow, this works. Come on, of course it works. It's God's word. Why why limit the measure? You say, What? Can we go beyond bucket? It's according to your faith. Thimble, cup, bucket, be double be double whatever whatever your measure is you actually you actually say to god what you want him to do back to you because whatever you give he'll give back according to your measure he'll give back you determine the measure now guys please do it according to your faith because it's god rewards your faith so, you know, if, if you come back to me and say, John, you promised that God will give me a hundredfold and whatever and whatever, and it's all to do with your greed and, and it's all to do with, with your, uh, not faith, but greed. That's a totally different story. But I, I want to break you loose out of greed because it's not about, about greed. It's all about understanding the principle of God, understanding about giving. And in your house... In your house, what meaningful gifts are you giving? Are you thinking it through? Are you, are you coming to your home with gifts? Are you turning up to your home with gifts? And what gifts do the people around you need? What is it that they need from you? Because sometimes, you know, one of the biggest problems on the North Shore is that kids have been given 100 bucks, 200 bucks. 500 bucks but not even five minutes of their parents time they're given money but not words of affirmation or time or the touch that they desperately need so if you're going to give gifts make sure that it's a gift that's connected to the need because that's when it's really really appreciated when you're scratching where they're itching meaningful gifts are so powerful let me finish today So much more to say, but you know what? We've got next week and the week after and next month and the month after and next year and the year after. You know, I'm getting older, but I'm staying younger. Uh, Full of energy. I'm strong by the Spirit of the Lord. Uh, Don't believe in jet lag. Full of the Spirit of God. Can travel and come back full of energy. Isn't that right, sweetheart? Are you amazed or what? It's God's help. It's God's help. Let me finish by saying this, that God has done his best to build a great house and a great home. So if you stop and listen, you'll always hear a word of encouragement from God. Service? Oh, my God. He did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Meaning for gifts? For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. He did not withhold anything from us. Oh, how much does He love you? How much does He love me? Oh, this morning I want to say to you, that the heart of God is not pointing the finger of condemnation towards you, but has opened up his arms and holding out his hands and he's saying, come to me, every single one of you that have been beaten up, every single one of you that have been disappointed, every single one of you that have been discouraged, every single one of you carrying guilt and shame, and I will fix you. I'll put together the broken pieces. If he did not withhold his own son, what will he withhold from you? Nothing. He wants to give to you an abundance, an abundance of mercy. And today, the arms of God are outstretched towards you. And he's saying, come, let me fix you. Let me heal you. Let me speak to you words of encouragement. And I just feel in my spirit that some of you are just sitting there and you're saying, God, I just need for you to speak to me, words of encouragement. And He wants to say to you this morning that He can see the pain that you're carrying, He can see the isolation that you feel, the loneliness that you feel. He wants to come and embrace you and say to you, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you. I know the tears. That you've shared. I know the pain that you're carrying, and I stand by your side to wipe away your tears and to carry your pain and bring healing into your heart. That's the word of the Lord for you today. Come on, let's bow our heads. In here. Thanks for choosing to listen to the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge. If you like this week's podcast, then please share it with a friend. More information about who we are is available at lifesource.org.au. On behalf of Senior Ministers John and Anne Iuliano, we look forward to connecting with you next time at the LifeSource Christian Church Audio Lounge.